Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to this, the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. My name is Chris Howard. I'm Marketing Director at Lace Partners, and I am, it's a duet today. I'm joined by the wonderful Karen Dempster, who is a communications expert, and Karen has recently written a blog, which I'm going to talk about, uh, we'll talk about in a bit, but before we go into that, let's do some intros. Let's do a credentials check. So Karen, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Chris. It's really good to see you today. Great to have you. Can you give us a bit of an intro into your background and your experience? And you've obviously worked with Lace for a bit as well, haven't you? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, my background is actually in public relations um, many years ago. Soon actually found my place where I was always very interested in psychology. So moved into um, internal communications, which actually was in its infancy very much 20 odd years ago. We won't be too specific about the number of years. (laughs) But since then, um, I've worked with individuals and organizations, helping them to communicate so that they can be at their best. And I'm also a fellow of the Institute of Internal Communications, which really is a recognition, particularly um, about our work in terms of working with education, which I'll talk about a little bit more in a minute. I've worked with a range of organizations um, as an employee communication specialist, including the Natural History Museum, Zurich Insurance, Pearson Learning, the Wellcome Trust. And then in 2015, Justin Justin Robbins and myself started our own business called Fits Communicate. And we work with a range of organizations, for example, helping global organizations engage employees in their new strategies or new ways of working or major changes or preparing for the future of work. It's endless, the number of things that we focus on. Also helping people to live shared values and behaviors. But we also work with smaller organizations such as schools to help them to communicate with parents, which is obviously critical at the moment, their school teams and the local community. And finally, we help teams around their communication um, Mm. ability, their communication mindsets and helping them to build confidence and helping them to build the right skills as well. Wow, that's quite a breadth of, of knowledge and experience then. So how has, I guess I really wanted to kick off today's podcast by asking about 2020. Mm-hmm. It's one heck of a year. One heck Indeed. of a year. I'm sure we'll all be we'll all be glad <laughs> to see the back of it when it does eventually come. Uh, we are reaching towards the back of the year, at least as that. Um, but what's it been like for you, I guess, in terms of some of the customers, that, some of the people that you work with regularly? And talk me through some of the changes that you, you've seen from some of the clients that you've been working with? Absolutely. I'll be honest, you know, at the start of the year when we were going into lockdown, we were very much of the opinion we didn't quite know how things were going to go from a business perspective. Actually, we have been so incredibly busy. It's been a crazy, crazy time. It's been nonstop. And um, our clients have been in the areas of financial services, both global and UK-based organisations, technology, charities, professional services, online retail, education, and also individual coaching. And we've been working, obviously, a lot around COVID communication uh, and crisis communication. But obviously, it's now about moving forwards. So a lot of organization 
organizations have adjusted their strategies, for example. So we're helping them to engage employees in their new strategies. Of course, there's been there's cost management exercises. As we know, there's also jobs that have been impacted and ensuring that we communicate with people in a way that is fair and supports them through that process. There's also been an increased focus around values and well-being and also employee value propositions have been really important topics on the agenda. And also, of course, there's been an increased focus around helping people to be ready for the future of work. So taking this opportunity to pause and actually look forward so that people have the skills and the mindsets for the future. And also, we've been helping teams to communicate virtually, of course. That's been a a particularly big challenge for many organizations and helping them to build trust and to influence and negotiate and collaborate in a virtual environment. Yeah. Also, as I said, we've been helping schools to communicate as well in such a challenging time. And we're actually writing a book at the moment to help schools to communicate with parents. The first sort of heading and the blog is on your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn profile as the critical role of communication now in a post-COVID-19 world. Yeah. And let's just let's just dissect down to the individual sections. Is that all right? So in yeah. the first section, you talk about, you know, be the, the organization's conscious and keep looking, keep looking forward. So talk to me about what, what that's about and, and what the, the central premise of that particular that particular element is. Absolutely. And employee communications people really do need to be, they've always had to be the conscience of the organization. They've been the people who have to sit with leaders and help them to to really hold the mirror up to what's actually happening in the organization. Mm. Often leaders, and particularly at the moment, um, are swept along in, in in, in a myriad of priorities, initiatives, programs, and they can become incredibly task focused because they literally are very focused on those targets. And employee communications people can really bring a sense of what people are thinking, the reality, bringing back a sense of the, the empathy as well for the human side of the organization. Clearly working with other critical areas such as HR and marketing and my view here is in terms of the conscience, conscience of the organization, we need to work together, HR, marketing, mm. communications, and other areas that influence the employee experience. This is really our, our time to show our strength in terms of coming together and working at those moments that matter for employees to support them through this really difficult time. The... Um, Obviously, we've had a period where we focused a lot on crisis communication. A lot of organizations are going through this journey at different speeds and they're at different stages. And it depends, obviously, if you're thinking global organizations, which countries as well that you're in, dependent on the COVID situation. But it's actually about looking forward now. It's about planning for the future. It's recognizing with sensitivity that people are still in covid but actually it's helping them to see light at the end of the tunnel as well. And what we've seen a lot of is, as I said, this this sort of plethora of programs and initiatives, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction and and a minor panic around, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do that. And, And lots of ideas that have been sparked actually and learning through this period. But it's really around bringing it back to a singular focus from an employee perspective. So putting ourselves back in the shoes of an employee 
a singular focus, that clear employee story around what do they need to know, what do they need to do, and how are we going to support them in getting there. And yeah. everything else that we do just needs to hang off that. Um, otherwise, we risk, particularly at the moment, bombarding employees with way too much, creating disengagement rather mm. than engagement. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. And the moments that matter that you talk about, we talked about this before we went into lockdown, funnily enough, I spoke about this with uh, one of my former colleagues, Kathleen, and we did a, a short podcast on it talking about those moments that matter, um, how that felt very, very different, the focus that that was then to, to now. But I think one of the, I don't want to say the positives of COVID, but I think there are some positives that have come out. And one of which is that people are looking at this sort of stuff a lot closer, aren't they, than, yes. than perhaps what was happening before. Yes, absolutely. And I think there's a sense that people always knew intellectually, particularly leaders knew that communication intellectually was important. I mean, it's proven to be important. However, it's one of those things, unfortunately, that just seems to drop down the priority list. It's one of those things that's important, but not necessarily always urgent. And, and as I said, it gets pushed down. And actually, this is the opportunity for leaders to really build trust through having a planned approach to communication, through going the extra mile through investing that time in caring human communication yeah. and actually it will pay massive dividends later on. What we see often is that leaders and human beings, actually, we assume that everyone communicates like us. Um, we think that everybody has a similar viewpoint and a similar world in their heads as we do. Intellectually, we know that they don't, but actually we still continue in that way. So, for example, we know that leadership teams predominantly, and this is a quite a sweeping statement, but there is a strong emphasis in leadership teams around people who tend to be quite task focused. And they can be a mixture of extroverted in terms of getting energy from other people around them and some who are those who get energy from within. So in terms of self-reflection and actually the, the broader organization is made up of obviously a, a massive mix of people. And many of those people are actually slightly more people focused than task focused. And what I'm talking about here for anybody who recognizes it is actually something based on this um, way of thinking in terms of communication and behavioral preferences. When we can understand these differences, we can better understand how people relate to change and we can better understand how best to communicate with people so that we take people with them on the journey with us rather than assuming they're like us and actually leaving them well behind. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point, actually. And we've done a couple of podcasts already that talk about, you know, right at the beginning of, of lockdown, everyone's decamping home and all of a sudden it's about, right, let's get the technology in place. Let's make people productive. That word productivity again and again and again. And it's kind of balancing this idea of, like you said, the task orientated approach versus the humanistic. Is that the right word? I want to use here. Kind yeah. of like the humanistic kind of approach. Yes. Uh, we'll go for that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a, that is a real, I think that's a real challenge for 
for leaders, isn't it? And you obviously mention the different channels that we've got in the blog. You talk about, you know, teaching people how to to manage remotely. It's not a given, is it, that just because you are somebody who manages teams, you are a leader and, you know, you're, you've been used to doing that for a certain period of time in your life from a, you know, from office, offices or whatever it is. And suddenly you're being told you've got to change your approach and making that assumption that everybody can just flick from that mode to we're all on teams now or we're all on zoom now you know there's there's some learning that needs to happen and people are having to adapt aren't they absolutely and and we know that some people find the ability to communicate and to engage people and inspire people a lot easier than other people do and we say this obviously from the point of view of managers and leaders that these are really challenging times for them there's huge pressure. There's additional things being put on to managers and leaders, often managers who have secondary jobs as well. They don't have the, the privilege of just being able to focus purely on being a manager. And yet they're being often around being more of a guide, being more of a supporter about understanding people and understanding human, human behavior a lot more than maybe they would have done before rather than just focusing a team on achieving some targets. And actually what we recognize is that leaders, the leaders who are able to create a sense of calm, reassurance and building a community at the moment are really going to be those ones that that succeed going forward. Mm -hmm. People will remember that as well and it will build trust for the future. Yeah, and it's really around thinking about that energy and the energy that we want to create during this period. So in a crisis, of course, it's quite a frantic energy. You know, it's it's exhausting. It's emotionally draining. The managers and the leaders need to become the, the anchors in the wind that hold the boat stable um, and that create that sense of grounding, which is a different role to maybe they've played in the past because they haven't needed to necessarily. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point. And I guess it's the softer sort of skills, isn't it, that we're talking about here more than anything else. Yeah. It's the, and, and and you talk about, you know, one of the final bits that you talked about in your blog, I'm jumping a bit backwards and forwards. If anybody wants to read the blog, then you'll see it in a very different order to the way in which I'm <laughs> I'm talking to, uh, to Karen about, but certainly have a little read in the blog. We'll put it in the show notes. But one of the bits you talk about, which I think is linked to this is, is about, you know, developing the team develop the team to be ready for the future and it talks about communication style and the approach and things like that but i think that's that idea of the soft softer skills and people having to adapt and i really want to avoid using the phrase sorting the wheat from the chaff because that sounds a little bit harsh but it is about trying to understand and develop you know who are going to be these future leaders that are going to be successful exactly and and we know that there's a very different style of leadership that's required and expected actually in terms of generations coming into the workforce and there are many organizations at the moment that are transforming accelerating digitalization transformation Mm. uh, using data and all those sort of aspects but often we see leaders who have leaders. It's, it's about open-mindedness. It's about that that growth mindset, um, and that can be challenging um, for leaders who have been used to a very specific way of thinking and working over a long period of time, and they feel very confident in in using certain terminology and working in certain ways. 
that they are the experts because that is what a leader has sort of established themselves in terms of their purpose. But actually, it's going back to Simon Sinek, sort of, you know, leaders eat last type thing. It is about that sort of flip in terms Mm -hmm. of the leader's role. And leaders as communicators, going back to them being the guides and about making their team look good rather than them being the central sort of focus for the team. Yeah, and it does require quite a shift and it does require a step back by a leader. For example, many leaders of digital companies who talk about being digital, but maybe don't have a social media presence, for example. And leaders and people coming into the organization can see that. They they need to be out there. They need to be able to communicate in new ways with support, of course. And they can be supported. Yeah, I think social media is an interesting one because it effectively, it's kind of a it can humanize leaders even more can't it because it brings i mean this whole situation has humanized people you and i talked just off air about uh being nosy with backgrounds and things like yes. that when you're on or on these or on these teams calls but it brings a more humanizing approach to leaders and you need to be ready for that don't you if you're going to to be running business leading businesses of the future Yes, and, and obviously there was, I think there was a flurry of uh, videos and, and sort of yeah. experiences people were seeing, exactly as you say, of, of people's front rooms, of their pets, of their children, which did have a real humanizing effect. And what I would hate to happen is as we move out of this period, that almost leaders and managers miss that opportunity to maintain that human side. And we've known for a long time that when people show a level of vulnerability and humanness, we've gone back to that word, what do we call it? Yeah. But yes, they people trust them more. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It's very much when, when leaders appear to be untouchable, they appear to be not real. So, yeah, it it enables people to connect. It gives them common ground. It gives them a sense of I could be like them when they see that they are human. Yeah, no, definitely. So I just want to talk about I just want to just switch the the focus a little bit now on uh, again and back to one of the points of of your blog, which I found fascinating, actually. And it's the demonstrate the value section where you talked about the importance of championing, you know, taking stock and Campaigning. I think that's going to be really important as we get towards the end of 2020 when people team, and this obviously is a podcast which focuses on HR professionals and the internal comms that is required on that. But I think there is going to need to be at that reflection point as we get towards the end of this year as to how how we've changed, how we've adapted, but actually from a HR perspective. And we've talked about this on HR in the offensive. And also in the new white paper, which we released in November, the on HR shared services, the the focus of being able to really champion your team and to be able to understand, you know, what exactly have we done? So just just tell me a little bit about some of your thoughts around that particular section that, that you wrote as well. Yes. I mean, I guess measurement, dare I say measurement, is one of my um, my passions, should I say. Yeah. So teams such as communications and HR, we're not always renowned for demonstrating the value that we add to organizations through the measurement approaches that we take, mainly because it's not always as easy to link back um, what we do to business results. 
However, there's definitely ways to do it. And actually, one of the ways that we we can do it, um, and, and this year being as exactly as you say, being a critical year to do this, is to gather some of the evidence almost of what we're doing as we go through the year. Um, and if we haven't done that, to actually reflect back, understand, to refer back to the team and understand what people believe they are proudest of in, in this year. So people can celebrate. There are so many things that we can be proud of in organizations through this year. And HR teams and communications teams will have been a major pillar of, of everything this year. They will have had the opportunity to really show the strengths in terms of what they are able to deliver. So definitely that celebration piece, but importantly, to learn from what maybe didn't go so well, what we should do less of moving forwards, because actually we didn't need to do it and we didn't do it during COVID. So therefore we shouldn't do. The worst thing possible was that we don't learn from this period. That that would be a real disaster. So yes, definitely having something quite regularly, actually, I wouldn't even say to leave it to the end of the year, but to actually do something on a monthly basis where we start mm. taking stock and taking actions into 2021 very clearly into our planning process and then actually understanding more around the measures moving forwards. I mean, one of the obvious ones is employee net promoter school, for example, um, and tracking that. And I, I'm not sure about all organisations, but I've certainly seen a trend where employee net promoter school, for example, has increased in many organisations mainly due to the caring nature that's come through in those organizations, the human leadership, the steps and the things in place to support well-being, to support families, to support individuals at this difficult time. Um, again, let's track some of those things and understand how we can take those forward. Yeah, and I think that's going to also be important in evidencing HR and its ability to almost be front and centre. So the challenge with this particular pandemic is it's been a very people-focused, it's, it's pushed the people agenda right to the top of the C-suites, yeah. um, mm -hmm. the concerns, hasn't it? So, you know, this idea of focusing on well-being, and again, you, that's one of the bits you touch on in the, in the stay focused on what matters to people uh, section. So I think that there's an, there's an opportunity here, but my, the hope, I guess, from a HR perspective is that that opportunity doesn't just fizzle out into 2021. Yes, and, and well-being, we've talked a lot about well-being in the past in organisations, but dare I say it, it has in some cases been a, a tick box, box exercise. Yep. And now we can, I hope, have the evidence to demonstrate the value in actually focusing in terms of well-being and obviously there's many well-being comes in many different shapes and sizes but it's about well-being in terms of the the people factor so some of the aspects that I can see increasingly important obviously there's sort of emotional physical and um, well-being factors but also financial well-being so how do we support people as we move forward in terms of the and how do we help them to manage massive uncertainty in terms of their financial well-being? So, um, yeah, I, I'm, it's a shame it's taken something like this to, to bring it to the fore 
but I really hope that we can use this opportunity to to make it a priority moving forwards in organisations in a in a real way that has an impact on people. That's uh, absolutely fascinating stuff. So um, we're just coming towards the end of today's podcast, and thank you very much for sharing some of your your thoughts, uh, Karen. But just as we as we wrap up, I wonder if you could give me your kind of fifty thousand foot helicopter view of what does 2021 look like in the i guess the the comms and employee experience sort of space so chris i'm, I'm going to rephrase your question on the basis of what would i like 2021 yes, to look like that. so i would love for us as i said to have learned from the experience of 2020 um for me, then it wouldn't have been all in vain in terms of this huge amount of work that everybody's put in and, and the, the devastation that obviously this year has seen. That we move forward, that there's an awakening amongst leadership about the importance of focusing on our people and our people being empowered to really be at their best within organizations in every aspect. So being engaged, feeling they have a common purpose, feeling they're supported in terms of their well-being, and really that being reflected in every aspect of the employee experience with, as I said it before, HR teams, communications, marketing, and all those other great teams that work together to deliver an employee experience that attracts the right people, keeps the right people that are the best match for that organization. For me, that would be outcome from, from this difficult year and moving into 2021 yep i could certainly echo those thoughts 100 percent, karen it has been an absolute delight to have you on today thank you very very much for sharing some of your thoughts on the blog and again i'm sure we'll get you on to uh, to talk other areas in, in future as well thank you chris cool uh, you can listen to this podcast through the itunes um through spotify on we're on TuneIn. to tell your alexa device to search for hr on the offensive we are also on the lace partners website where you can see our full back catalog so that is partners.co.uk forward slash podcast we're also on soundcloud too as well uh, other than that uh, karen once again thank you very much for joining me and we will see you next time on the hr on the offensive podcast bye bye